Good evening, everybody. Happy Thursday. How's everybody doing today? It's Cameron and JT back. Uh, if you enjoyed that uh, pre-show video, that was uh, that was part of uh, what we talked about on Tuesday when we talked about uh, flowers. So if you missed yeah. that one and flowers interest you, and go back and check out that episode. She's a so, good one to listen to. Uh, yeah, she's part she, of my I, traditional home I skills, just, so I just found her. Um, oh, really? I just found her the other day. She's and, uh, one that lives um, Iowa. No, not Iowa. Farther, further out, Seattle, or I think out in Washington. Something out like Washington. That. Okay. Yeah, Idaho she's, is what I meant. She's to say. super knowledgeable in her stuff uh, with when it comes to. Um, uh, herbs and you know herbalism. She's she's not a certified herbalist or anything like that, but um, she has some really good info. Um, so I found her researching, she's... researching like our talk last week, and then after our talk, I did some more research and I found her. I was like, oh, I need to be subscribed to her. Um, so she's yeah. got some content on chickens as well. So yeah, take a look out for that too. So. Yeah, yeah, modern modern homesteader. So cool. Speaking of speaking of. Uh, Go check out her page. If you are on YouTube and you are watching, go ahead right now. Just do it now. Just get it over with. Mm -hmm. Like the stream, comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification. Do what all the kids are doing these days. Uh, helps out the channel, helps us out a little bit um, just to kind of get this thing up and going. So tonight uh, we're going to be getting into continuing our series on... Uh, prepping for the long haul and if you've missed we've done two so far if you've missed those go back and check them out um, really good content on that uh, I've learned a lot uh, prepping for those sh prepping for those shows and then talking about those shows so um, we're going to continue on tonight and we're going to be discussing something that's different like this is a different topic tonight because the whenever I, I got interested in this topic a couple years ago and when I talk to, you know, certain other preppers in the community, some people don't even know what this is. Uh, we're going to be talking about wood gasifiers and wood gasification and what wood gasification is and what the heck is, has, does this have to do with prepping and what are the benefits? And we're going to get into all that. But I was so surprised that not a lot of people knew I didn't know what, it. what the heck this was. I, I, I didn't know what it was. And I, you know, I'm in the prepper community realm side of the house just as much as you are. I don't see it that often or... I hadn't seen it up until you said something about it. So I'm sure as soon as you said the word gasifier, you know, Google picked it up on my phone and started saying, oh, you need to learn everything about gasifiers now. But prior to that, I mean, for like two years of just solid prepping stuff, I had never even heard about it. Hey, I'm going to have you take the stage for a bit. Um, my headset's about to die and this cable keeps on falling out. So, Oh, okay. Well, I, I could, cable. no problem. I have no problem talking. <laughs> so, okay. While Cameron gets his stuff figured out, I'm going to go ahead and explain what, uh, what wood gasification is just kind of give you guys a synopsis of what it is. So wood gasification is the process of which camera at this one is the process of burning wood in a oxygen starved environment and you're like how can you do that because wood needs oxygen there's a process people uh but you burn it hot really really hot in an oxygen starved environment and when you do that it produces a it produces a gas it doesn't produce a smoke it produces a gas that is flammable it's not as flammable as propane but it's a flammable gas that you can use for all kinds of different things um, one of the things that caught my attention 
um, when I heard about this a few years ago. And I remember when I, I was researching YouTube, it was back in 2017, I believe. This is when the markets were kind of shaky in 2017. I was looking up prepping stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I was into prepping, but I wasn't not as much as I am today. Watch this video by a guy named, well, his YouTube channel is JRM. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of content out there, um, but he made this video today. This is 10 years ago. He made this video. It's got 2.3 million views and it's basically his gasifier. So this is the first time I was introduced to gasifier. I saw this thing. It looks freaking sweet. He demoed it. He burned some wood in it. Uh, he let the, he let the gas on fire and then he did something that I, I didn't even think about. He piped that into his generator. And he showed us the gas tanks off. There's no fuel in it. And he, you know, wood gas is going into the carburetor of the generator and yanks it. The generator starts right up. The generator starts. So it was running off of wood gas. And that I just thought that was so amazing. So I started researching wood gasification a little bit more and come to find out that wood gasifiers were actually used back in World War II. I want to say uh, World War One, one of the one of the World Wars. I want to say it's World War Two, is when is when wood gas fires were, were really were really being used. I can ask ChatGPT. Um, ChatGPT knows everything, but in any case, they would use wood gas fires back in one of the World Wars to like instead of having diesel trucks, they'd have wood gas trucks. So the trucks, the jeeps, and all that would have these big gasifiers on the back of them, and that's what powered these engines. And I just thought that was so so cool. And next, I wanted to know how to build one. How do you build a wood gas fire? And come to come to find out, FEMA, yes, FEMA, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, actually has build plans, material lists on wood gasifiers that you can download. Um, there has been there have been other designs of gasifiers in the past uh, that people have done, and they sell their plans that are a little bit more efficient. But if you're just like, hey, you know, like. I want to see how much of an intense build this is. Go to FEMA and you can download the plans for uh, wood gas fires. Now, I will say this. I've been interested in wood gasification for a number of years. I'm still, to this day, have not built one. And I really want to build one. And I have the materials to build one. But I lack the skill set to build it. Because there is some welding involved and I'm... I have a welder. I'm not a big welder, but I need to get better at it. Um, but yeah, there's some skill sets and I really wanted to make it a goal within the next, maybe I'll make it, uh, I'll finally just break down and make it a fall winter project after the garden's done and all that. I'll go in and make it a fall winter project and maybe build one of these things. But wood gasification is one of those things that has so many applications to it. And, um, like I said, it's it's cool, it's neat, and it's something I want to talk about. We want to talk about tonight, as far as how it relates to prepping. And if you're a prepper and you're watching this, you're already your mind's already probably spinning. Like, ah, there are so many applications I can use for this. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. So Cameron's back. We're gonna go ahead and bring him. Where's my button? <laughs> Do I not have? So my when button? it comes to, that's okay. While you find it, when it comes to welding, um. My uncle is very good at welding. He does all that stuff. So, 
I'm sure he would love another side project. There's not a ton, <laughs> there's not a ton of there's not a ton of welding. It's just it's just welding the pieces together. So like yeah yeah the typical materials we need uh, you know a lot of people use a 55 gallon drum with a and in conjunction with a propane tank and an ammo box. And okay. the 55 gallon drum is the ch chamber and and the propane is kind of where the um, the gas kind of spins around and filters and all that stuff. And there's, there's a number, there's, there's different components before I get into that. There's, there's like different types of gas fires too. There's updraft and there's downdraft. There's actually five different types of gasification. Um, oh, I've wow. only focused on updraft and downdraft. Um, but there's fluidized bed gasifiers, there's entrained flow gasifiers and there's plasma gasifiers. The last three I just named require a really, the energy input is high like in a grid down scenario okay. you're not running these things um because but in any case updraft and downdraft those are the two types of of gasifiers so i i'm gonna make a downdraft because it seems to be what most of the kids these days are building uh and that's really there's not a ton on youtube about people building gasifiers there 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 is um but in compared to some other topics like you can research all day long uh give me any topic and there's going to be a bazillion YouTube videos on it. You type in wood gasification. There are some, uh, but it's definitely not as plentiful as some others. Um, and building these things can be dangerous. But we'll say that because you're basically what you're doing is you're burning wood in a, in a, in a chamber that has little oxygen. It's producing a flammable gas that is, kind of compressed in this metal thing and if you don't do it right or if you make you know make some mistakes you the thing can blow up um is basically the disclaimer that everybody that i've watched says that yes these things can blow up but it's like anything like you get in your car there's a chance you get in a car accident so um you take it as you t you know you assume you assume the risk uh, when you do stuff yeah. like that so um want to show what one of these things looks like uh in a real life a real life uh model so this is the video i watched uh back in 2017 i'm not going to play the video i just want i just stuck it on this frame because this is basically what a gasifier looks like now his is super looks really really good compared to some of the other ones i've seen but this is a homemade home-built gasifier and this thing is stinking cool i to mm -hmm. the point where like oh wait I'm, I'm up here i will scrub where is it right he goes through everything like when you watch this video you'll know you'll know like the basic components of this thing but like if, when i play it like he's going to his jenny right now and oh i gotta turn this up thing for me is that it actually generates electricity and it's it's running his generator huh just off of gas. There's no fuel. There's no. He doesn't even have a, gas, a fuel tank on that generator, right now. So it's That's just a cool. pipe going into the carburetor, and then he's got the the, uh, the these two valves are kind of like act as the carburetor. You know, the air to air. To and gas it's a liquid, mixture. not a gas. No, it's a gas. It's it comes a gas. out. Okay. Yeah, it comes out as a gas. It's not like propane, where pro, when propane's like compressed in a propane tank, it's kind of liquidy. But then when it comes out, it comes out as a cold gas. Uh, this stays in gas form the entire the entire time um gotcha w which means it's less efficient than propane um but you're using a renewable source like you're using wood yeah 
And this one, he used wood pellets, but I've seen them where they're using logs. I've seen them where they're using wood chips. Like if you got trees and you got wood, you can make, you can make wood gas out of this, out of this stuff. It's not, uh, it's, doesn't seem to be that difficult. So any case, hmm. that's what a wood gas fire looks like. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I, I remember you showing that to me at one point in time and I think I'm going to have to, I mean, I've had welding on my list of things to do, things to learn. Um, my uncle keeps on saying, come on up and I'll teach you how to weld every possible way. And maybe I might just need to pick him up on that offer and just get it done already. So I can come up and make a gasifier with you sometime. Uh, yeah. Um, like I said, it's, it's in my, it's in my plan of action because like, here's how I look at it. And as we, as we relate it to prepping for the long haul. Is it still, is it still playing in the background? Shouldn't be. I hear something. Oh. You shouldn't hear it anymore now. You, okay. you, unless you hear my, the TV upstairs that my wife's watching. Who knows? No. Nope. Okay. I heard a guy talking. This is the gas fire. Oh, yeah. So as it relates to, um, oh, that's why. Let me pause. There we go. As it relates to prepping for the long haul. You know, in our lot, like what we're doing, what we're talking about is when I start thinking about gas fires and all that stuff, this is post like solar flare. Like we're talking, mm -hmm. so I'm, at least for me, I'm talking it from the solar flare angle. You know, technology as it, as we know, it ceases to operate because of the massive solar flare. The sun's going to kick off either in the next year and a half, two years, or if it doesn't, this cycle, it, we got what, 12, 13 years. To, yeah. yeah. The next, there's the next one. But one of these two definitely is going to. I mean, just the science, the data, all the signs, all that stuff are there for it's ripen. It's ripen to happen. Um, so I look at wood gas fires and I go, okay, if all technology uh, ceases to exist in one camp, you can prep for an EMP or solar flare and you can prep to live like you'll never have power again. Like, so your preps, you don't have things that require batteries and you're not having a solar system or things like that. Cause there's no guarantee it's going to work. Um, and I'm still up in the air about this with a wood gasifier because it's, it's a flammable fuel to flammable gas. It doesn't really take electricity to run. Um, and the applications other than you getting your flammable gas out of it. There's other applications. Like obviously this thing's a, it's, you know, has a big a hot fire in the middle of it. So it could be used as a heating source as well. Mm -hmm. Um, a generator, you know, that's the big thing that I need to get answered. Would a generator still work at, at its core? Like I know the electronics won't work like the starter and all that, but at the core, a generator is just like, it's a, it's a, there's an electrical generator on it that that uh, engine is tied to that spins a shaft and creates electromagnetism and makes electricity, right? So that engine is, you know, a, a generator engine runs off gasoline. There's really no electronic parts in it. And the only electronic yeah, parts are like in a starter. Like maybe that the key start thing might not work. But if you've got a pull on it and you have a fuel source, I wouldn't see why a generator wouldn't work in a post-grid down scenario. I can't think of a scenario where it wouldn't work either. Um, so yeah, there's no there's no aspect on it that would 
there's no like motherboards or circuit boards or anything like that that would fry. Yeah, <laughs> would I mean maybe some of the new age techie ones. Like maybe yeah. if it's fuel injected, I don't even know. They probably have fuel injected um, generators now, and those require. I think those require a computer and all that stuff. But if it's just a typical carbureted uh, carbureted generator, like most of what you would pick up at your big box stores, um, mm-hmm. they would probably work. Now, you don't have, uh, and they'll they'll probably work off gasoline and all that stuff, but eventually the gas is going to run out. Um, and the question the question still remains: what uh, what types of things? I mean, obviously, you probably don't want to power your entire house because that's just a big no. like light bulb for people to come your way and be like, how do you have power? Give me what you have. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are some other things that you can power after, after this whole thing that can help you survive? It's kind of where, where I go. Cause I'm trying to make the determination. Is it worth it? Yeah. The, the initial things that keep coming to mind for me are fridge and freezer. I mean, unless you have, we don't, I don't live next to a river uh, where, you know, when I, like I said, when I went to the Washington and Jefferson homes uh, and they were storing ice underground, I mean, yeah. they were right next to a water source. They're right next to where they can go out into the river when it's during wintertime, cut the ice, carry it to location and put it in the ground somewhere. I don't have something like that. <laughs> so yeah. that would be the first thing in my book would be preserving food would be to keep it cold so freezer yeah. and, and um fridge um you've got fires for doing all of your cooking uh, the only thing for me is like like if you're on a well that could power your well pump oh well and air air conditioning like if you have a window ac unit or a fan or something like that i mean it can get you're you're more north than i am but right. if you're further south and it's just hotter than balls, I mean, you, a AC unit would be nice or a fan unit. Uh, it, but some people are going to want something for washing. Um, but that's where you need to start getting your washboards now because <laughs> you're not going to generate power to wash your clothes and dry your clothes all the time. Yeah. Um, wash your clothes. Maybe, you know, if you if you have a generator that and you're on a well and you're powering the well pump. A lot of washers still operate off 110, which most cheaper four or $500 generators have 110. You start getting yeah. into electric dryers, you know, you're at 220 and they're drawing a crap ton of amperage and a lot of these generators won't be able to, won't be able no. to power so. that. But, um, you know, do you, or do you worry about, I mean, generators? For me, I've got a basement. So my well, um, being able to power the well to keep the water out would be my biggest concern. Oh, the well pumps or the, the sub pumps? Yeah. Are you concerned with it because generators aren't typically quiet? Yep. From an OPSEC or operational security perspective, yeah, it, that's one of my biggest concerns. And that's why I got my solar generator because it's quiet. But if that ends up going out in an EMP, uh, so that's my biggest concern all the time is I don't have my solar generator in a Faraday cage. Um, Faraday cage. Yeah, I don't have it in a Faraday cage today. I don't have. I haven't built one yet, nor do I own one. There's bags that you can buy that are like five hundred dollars that are, you know, a self-contained carry bag that you can fold up and carry with you wherever you want to go, and then load it up with all the stuff you want. So I thought well, about buying that just to have it. But well, my thing with those bags 
is there's really no they're untested i mean there are um a i lot mean of i'm sure there's lack like there's there's environments that they and... get tested but when it comes to like the amount of energy that a solar a, a solar flare releases especially the one that's gonna that's gonna take us out i mean you gotta remember the carrington one like things were catching on fire yeah, copper no, wires are catching on fire when this thing happened so like a little i just can't see a bag in my mind just the bag doesn't work because it's not grounded to I anything. Mean, the the MOS equipment, the Mountain Ocean Sky, um, so MOSequipment.com, they tell you, here's all of our testing applications and standards that we meet and follow. And, um, But yeah, I mean, in a scenario, who knows if it'll fully work properly. It's the same with the EMP shield that I really want to get for our vehicles and for our home. Yeah. Where if an EMP does know. go off, like my car will still work, but yeah, you don't know. And you're spending three to $500 or more just for a what if scenario that I don't know. So yeah. Faraday cage has been on my list for a while. I've got three different books telling me how to make it. I just got to spend the time to make it to make it. Um, but I do want to get a section on my, um, I've got a section underneath my stairs, uh, in my basement that I think would be perfect to keep all that so just line it out and have it so that it's a closed door and i can put my stuff in there and then close it and boom it's now faraday because it's more than just um, wrapping your stuff around a metal cage right you have to I believe you have to put a you have to drive a ground rod in the ground or you have to tie to some type of earth ground you do i think so yeah uh, well just the cage itself you don't have to do the items in right right in just the, the cage, cage or, yeah or the cost. cage is yeah. the thing that's going to take the hit so that needs to right. be tied to earth ground because that's what's going to flow electricity. To that Which you have one like, like and for me, every, I've, I've got one in my socket. basement. Yeah. Well, every yep. wall socket has a ground in it. Most modern houses have, um, it's you know, uh, have a ground in almost every wall socket. So technically you can just use one of those grounds, but that's only what 12 gauge wire. In most cases, 14 mm -hmm. gauge. Who knows? Okay. That gets an electron set. Anyway. So, Okay. Now, I can see a use for a gasifier, even even what about vehicle, like having a truck um say you had a nineteen seventy five pickup truck that doesn't have any electronics on it um can you have that on the go? Could you have that in the back bed of your truck? <laughs> yes, you can as a matter of fact, uh I'll show you this. If you look at the, this is the FEMA plans. The very first oh, okay. picture is a guy on a tractor with a gasifier. Okay. I was going to say bigger equipment items like tractors and that kind of stuff could be my other item. Uh, vehicles to get around from place to place because vehicles are super helpful. I mean, you just got your tractor. Imagine doing all the work you did on your yard by hand. Yeah. No, I, um, I can't. I can't imagine harvest that. and all that kind of stuff. I can't imagine that. But um, it's the size of the engine determines the size of the gasifier. You know, you're not uh, going to okay. have this the small size, small scale. Like the the picture I show the this guy's gasifier here. Um, this little thing. I mean, this is considered a little one. This wouldn't power. Hmm. This probably wouldn't power a truck. Um, this would power generators and stuff like that. Because that 55-gallon drum, that's not full of wood or anything like that. If you look at the FEMA plans, I was actually on the page, like, this outer shell represents 
like the 55 gallon drum and then there's a fire tube like there's stuff inside of it and hmm. the hot you need more material to burn hotter to be able to get more sin they call it sin gas but wood gas out of it in order for the carburetor of the vehicle whatever to be able to like for it to keep up uh so yeah you, you like look at this one i don't know if you can see this this almost looks like a trash can yeah on top there's a 55 yeah. okay so i may be does. wrong though because this is that's a 55 gallon drum he's got a trash can on top maybe the trash can is what's making it maybe the fire tube is a lot bigger and wider because of that i don't know but i mean they were using this technology back in the f when was world war ii Oh my gosh, my history. I don't even... 40? I just learned this as well. Um, 1939 to 1945. Yeah. So, I mean, they were using this technology in 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 World War II. Um, so obviously I mean, it's got to work. Yeah. Speaking of renewable energy, World War II, all that kind of stuff, I just went up to the, um, the Henry Ford Museum up in Michigan, in Dearborn, Michigan. That was pretty sweet. I've never been up there before, um, but you've got Henry Ford's museum that has uh, everything Americana. I mean, we would, you would, if, have you been there to it before? No. Okay. You would love it. It is everything that we harness and want to represent and all that kind of stuff. Everything that's been made in the U.S. It's America. That is all, it's everything America. Um, they've got all of your... Um, how guns were made, how metal was crafted, how um, just devices of the olden times. But what was really cool to me was their entire section on steam. They had massive, massive steam engines and wheels. These wheels that are 40, 50 feet in length minimum. <laughs> just... Um, I'll see if I can pull up some pictures here in a little bit, uh, but just absolutely amazing. And it would show like, okay, this steam engine can power 7,000 light bulbs, 40 watt light bulbs at the same time. Oh, or this one could power this many light bulbs or this one could power this many light bulbs. Yeah. But isn't, a, isn't, just, a isn't a steam engine just, I mean, it's a, you're, you're using fire or some type of energy source. Yep. And water. Sorry, I'm eating Girl Scout cookies. Um, Jeez, to to heat up water in a airtight. You're basically yeah. It's basically like pushing pistons back and forth, and then that is generating the energy to spin a wet, a wheel. To then you have a belt on that wheel to tie to another yeah. wheel, and then that spins a bar. And then on that bar you have you know, six or 12 more wheel wells that have belts tied to them and those tied to different machines. So, I mean, you were going through, we were going through all the different, uh, it wasn't just in the museum, but they have a place called Greenfield that's kind of like a solder village or a, you know, just like an old, old town place where they've got um, a machine shop, a, a loom shop, pottery, uh, printing press, all that kind of stuff. But they were showing the machine shop on how this steam engine would run all their different machines to do different components. Like this machine was doing all their um, wood lathe, metal lathe, uh, your planing tools for both wood and metal, 
yeah your um everything you could possibly think of uh so that was pretty cool um but seeing all those the steam engine stuff and just seeing the the craftsmanship yeah. of it all made me think man we are screwed like <laughs> we don't have the knowledge or the experience or anything americana anymore that all that hard work just like died i, I just can't think of anybody yeah. today even knowing a fraction of what was done back then but i was seeing bolts the size of my 10 year old's head <laughs> just to screw on as a cap point on the top of a screw. And I'm like, the screw is bigger than my son's body. I mean, he's I mean, the four of feet tall and that's one screw. Pressure, the amount of pressure that's in that thing is probably insane. But one thing I, I learned a while ago, and I didn't realize this, you know, steam engines have been used since the first steam engine was what a train, um, yeah. I, you know, whatever. S- was that train? It might be a it, steamboat. Actually, I'm, I'm, it could be a steamboat. I'm I'm referencing Back to the Future, Back to the Future Three. Oh, um, so that's yeah. kind of what was yeah. in my head. But um, <laughs> so we've been using steam to 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 make things go for a long time. Um, and what I didn't realize is even today, the most advanced nuclear power plant still uses steam to turn a turbine that creates power. Yeah. The only difference is they're using nuclear fission to generate the heat that boils the water and creates the steam to turn, but it's still steam. Like the technology of steam is the only thing it's, it's, we've not found a better alternative to produce electricity. We found different methods of heating water, like congratulations, human race. We figured out how to take a nuclear atom and split it and make, and then, and uh, boil water more efficiently. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. But we can't figure out how to. Anyway, my the point of that being that the the steam route, when it comes to like, um, I think that's a more it's a more proven technology. So I would personally rather like in a grid down, like, yeah, I'll build a steam engine to turn that uh, mm-hmm. to turn that generator that's going to give you power. But most of us don't know how to build a steam engine. Uh, it's easier for us to build a gasifier and have an existing generator, like a an engine, like a uh, fuel engine, to turn that generator to right. produce power. Steam is very cool, though. Like it's a it's a it's a cool technology. My neighbor actually, he's an old guy. When I first met him in his garage, he had a he had a he had a steam built engine that he built, and so I know I do have a steam engine right next door. I don't know if it works yet or not, but um, he's into all that stuff. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's good that you have somebody around you that has that knowledge as well. Um, there we go. My phone wasn't backing up all the photos, so I only had like four photos on my screen. Uh, oh. So they're all rolling in now, but I can share some of them at least uh, while it all boots up. But just wanted to go through... Just show people the massiveness if you if you are able to watch this on YouTube or Facebook or something like that. Um, uh, let me here we go. This was the first one I walked into, and if we Jeez, zoom in here, junk. It powers five thousand nine hundred or five thousand five hundred and ninety-five forty-watt light bulbs at the same time, but that wheel well was twelve feet and wait and width. Five? How many? Five thousand. 595 40 watt light bulbs 
times 40 simultaneously. Simultaneously. So that's 223 kilowatts or 2.2 megawatts. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. That's a I mean, lot but of like I said, that, that was 12 feet minimum in length. I mean, just putting my body up against it. So that was one, and that was the smaller one. <laughs> That's the smaller one? Uh, That's the smaller one. But here's here's a, well, smaller of the big ones I'm talking about. I mean, they had small ones. They had some really tiny ones, like this little tiny one here. Um, you could see how once you had the initial steam piece going, I mean, here's your, uh, where you put your wood and whatnot over here. Mm -hmm. And so that would spin this piece right here. But you had the belt on it. And then you had two lines running here. So as it spun this bar, another rope was coming over here to spin this bar. So you had technically two bars spinning and then they would just add all the different machines that they wanted. So you had a sewing machine over here. It looks like they had like five sewing machines. Um, no way. But anyways, there was a lot of different examples of how, I mean here, every single one of these ye little yellow posts here showing you a different kind of steam engine that was made but henry ford gathered all of these steam engines like any that he could ever buy he bought them um so this place has every kind of possible steam engine i mean most of the building was i'd say close to half of it was probably just steam stuff um oh trying to gosh, find some so, other ones cool. here um this was one where for the kids where they could actually like hand crank it to see how much power they could generate with their own strength. <laughs> that was really cool. Naturally, I got the the most, you know, so <laughs> uh, this one was cool. Um, so here's your piston right here that just keeps going up and down uh, yeah. with your water reservoir on top. But this one was 7,460 light bulbs at the same time. Uh, but really cool vertical steam engine that didn't take up as much space but was still able to get the job done so and they actually built out a small little mini model uh it's still uploading from my phone so i don't have it on here yet um but just absolutely massive yeah i'm i'm here's, uh, there it is. Oh, wait, there it is here's a tiny little tiny little model of what it looked like but they built it out with all the gears and uh, a fan propeller on the side just to prove that it was working properly. So that's a working model? all your model? pipes that shoot out. This is a working model that they have on display. Yeah. Uh, Super cool. That's just so, but, so, it's so fascinating to me. Yeah. I You would love it. And it's not too far away from you. But um, I'm trying to think of... Okay, sorry. Last one. Last one I'll show you. This one actually has... Um, this is a multi-level. Okay, so down below is where you have the furnace down here. Um, probably 25 feet in length. Where you have all the... You put your wood and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That leads over to the steam tank that leads up to here. This is one engine right here. This whole left side, engine number 12. But all of this, just the welding and the parts that went to make it. I mean, every part was like custom made 
and then piece together to make this thing. This component right here was one tube <laughs> or like a half open tube that was custom pounded. You can see all the, the pounding marks on it. Wow. Uh, just so just fathoming. We, this is something we take for granted. Like, you know, my son walks through and he's just like, oh, that's cool. And then just keeps on moving. <laughs> and as you get older, like, oh, my gosh, no, like I did a blacksmithing class. This would have been months, weeks worth of work to just get this one piece. But everything on here was custom, custom made. Um, so anyways, here's the, the engine turbine. So this piston is going back and forth here through this giant tube. So this is a plate that pushes through and it comes back. So that's pumping back and forth from the steam. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's one chamber. So on the left side, I've got number 12. On the right side was like number 11 or number 13. Number 11. But both of those are going boom, 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 pumping back and forth, generating all of your power. I mean, this is something you put on like a battleship. Okay. So, that makes sense. I was like, what would you put that I'm assuming... In? Combination casting engine. I assume it'd be a battleship. I don't know what else you would put. I'm that assuming it'd yeah, some, it'd kind be of some type of ship. Um big ship. Oh, that's so Hamilton, Ohio. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but the whole the whole place is just full of these fantastic pieces. Um highly recommend anybody that hasn't been to the Henry Ford. I I want to say I've heard about it growing up, but I never went there. So I guess it's not until you turn, you know, you get into your 30s, 40s before you start appreciating that kind of crap. You start appreciating that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that that was back when we used to actually make good stuff. Um, yeah. That's oh, I keep pushing that button. That's what that's back when we when we used to make used to make good stuff um, when things lasted. You know, now it's all plastic and. And stuff like that but well, that's no, what's that's sad cool. I, like i have those fears of like we're gonna go back to the i don't wanna say the stone age because we won't be completely back to the stone age but bronze age uh bronze age you know something like that and we won't have any of this knowledge we're gonna see these and be like wow the fact that somebody was able to make that yeah <laughs> that, because then they'll finally was... realize like oh we don't have technology to help us do that anymore and so we yeah gotta go and that was a combination of society over generations of you know, learning a, a craft, learning a skill, failing, getting mm -hmm. better, and then innovating, and then doing something new, and then the next generation took that took that knowledge base, innovated off it, boom, 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 and down the line, and we're at a point now where we've innovated so much on the past that where we started and how that innovation, you know, started this whole train of where we're at today when it comes to technology and the things we use. There are very few people in the world even left that would even yeah. understand how to how to build that or how to yeah. even how to even I mean, if you ask somebody, do you know what a steam engine is? I guarantee you, if you did a man on the street interview and in, in a big city, oh, and you start I love asking watching people, those. You start asking people like, like, All right, do you know, do you know what a steam engine is? And people would be like, what? I guarantee you there's going to be those, those people that be like, huh? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, cause we just, people, people are dumb. Sorry. I, it actually really angers me when I watch those, uh, ask people on the street questions. 
that should be just basic knowledge. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know who's the first president of the United States? Oh gosh, I have oh. Obama. Obama. It's like no, no, no. Just oh. there's no. Yeah, that stuff. So uh, I get I get some entertainment out of that. Um, but getting back to topic at hand, I think this is morphed yeah. into. We've talked about like the, the we've really really scratched the surface on wood generators. You brought or wood, wood gas fires, but you also brought steam up, and those are two definitely mm-hmm. two two options um when it comes to preparedness um again i'm in this boat of i really want to build one just to just to say i i've i can i built one and it works as far as the yeah. practical application in a post emp world um i think a gasifier would be a nice to have i don't think it's a critical item yeah no i'd agree with that um and I think right now it's more people needing to get the supplies to be able to do the basic stuff. You know, wash your clothes. That, yeah. how, how many people do you know that own a washboard? Yeah. Or know how to wash their clothes? But I I could tell you there's probably some people that are like, I I don't even know how to wash my clothes. Like, put soap in some water and just mix it around. <laughs> like, oh, you need to have like a brush. You need to agitate it to get the dirt out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's basic stuff like that. That people are like, I don't know. I have technology does everything for me today. So, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. We're, spoil- we're spoiled. Um, we are. That's really all it is, is we're spoiled. Um, with but alternative stuff- energy wise. So we got steam. We got the gasifier. Um, I mean, there's also like wind. I mean, we got other things like wind and solar, that kind of stuff. But if an EMP comes through, you're probably going to take out the chips that does all of that stuff. But you can use water power today to just turn. I mean, you could do very basic stuff with plastics. I've seen people yeah. take PVC pipes or tubes um, and poke holes in them and then stick it into a river. And as the water goes by, it picks up the tube and it starts spinning it and you you know, add a line onto that that does something else. But your applications, that's the big question that I had for this um, podcast yeah. tonight was what would you even yeah. use that energy for? To for me, me, I would just use it for cooling stuff or preserving. Yeah, for me, um, because I'm on a well and I do, I, and so we on well water, use it to power mm-hmm. the well. Uh, obviously, we have a basement where we sell sub pumps, um, try to get those. I mean, and long term i mean i always look at power generation in a post dmp world as it's a nicety i don't it's not one of those things i'm like i need this i'm gonna dedicate uh my survival is depending on this thing running uh right deal because there's gonna come a day where it breaks yeah Um, another nice to have that came up uh because i've thought about this topic in the past many many times Another nice to have is uh, running water for like a shower. Yeah, I I need a shower. <laughs> like you just need to move when, to a place that has a well, like a short well or a deep well, because you will have running water as long as you have a power source to power that well pump. Yeah. Yep. I do. Um, otherwise, you're, you're 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 going to you're you're buying solar showers, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is a cool, like I see, I saw this off topic. I, just, I saw this the other day. I'm like, this is freaking cool. So the guy I buy my IBC totes from that, uh, yeah. for my water collection, um, 
I've seen people make showers out of those, like outdoor showers. Yeah, I've seen of, those. They stack some up, and I saw some pictures of them. Like, that's stinking cool. Um, that's just a cool idea, um, innovative idea to use. You know, to use water IBC totes. And I saw a guy make a small boat out of one, and he was fishing out of it. I don't know nice. if it was a meme. I don't know if it was a meme or not. No, I have seen that. I have okay. seen that because I've e- I've even seen somebody take one of those for as a boat and they put um, sticks coming off of it as balancers. Yeah. So they put floats on the end of those sticks and then that way they stayed balanced out on their IBC tote. But I have seen that used in the past. Yeah. I just every time I see that though, I'm like, oh gosh, what a waste! Like but, for uh, a boat, that's fine. I can understand that one, but for like the shower. Like the the fact that you cut open the plastic and the metal to make a shower, it's smart if you have a whole bunch of them. But I'm just thinking, like, man, that's a whole bunch of water you could have collected. <laughs> yeah, it is. Or, but... or or food that you could have stored. Well, if you think about it, though, if that thing is sitting outside and you need to take a shower, you know, your solar shower is probably gonna be hanging up outside because it needs to get warm if you want a warm shower. Um, right. So it kind of makes sense on that front to have. Um, to have that outside and cut up but it does i don't know oh my gosh <laughs> i've almost eaten a whole peck of girl scout cookies i'm so fat oh dude i well at least you still have girl scout cookies i think i ate all of ours in like the first three days that we had them <laughs> so right kudos yeah. to you for uh withstanding this long <laughs> i just out. bought more than you that's all Oh, that might have been it. That might have been it. Um, um, but the thing about gas fires and steam engines, I think if you're mm-hmm. going to commit to build one, you need to do it like before things. Before oh, things yeah. go down. I mean, imagine because, how are you going to weld? Yeah, exactly. How are you going to? You're not going to be able to weld metal together. Um, yeah. In order to do that, and I'm not my my forging skills are not to the point where I could start welding a drum together uh mm-hmm. forging it you know and my foundry skills aren't to where i can make a cast and pour you know right and pour it either but um so if you're gonna do it you know i want to do it just to say i have it and then if things do go south at least i have something in the short term that i can generate some power and even in a disaster like too it, this doesn't have to be when the world ends type deal or you know the zombie apocalypse or anything like that this doesn't have to be one of those items that you build just for that i mean can you imagine like what what some of these cities that have had tornadoes ripped through them and there's no power for f- three four weeks like and yeah. gas could be hard to come by in that disaster zone for your generator uh and so could propane but if you got some wood i mean that's pretty easy mm-hmm. to get uh if you got some wood you can bust out your gasifier bust out your generator and you can have keep your fridge going keep your freezer going um because i think by the time so that by the time I, I did the calculations on this as far as the cost goes if you bought a 3000 watt generator which technically is a smaller generator if you bought a 3000 watt generator for mm-hmm. 400 bucks all the components you need to build the gasifier um and you could build it a hundred different ways, but let's just assume you're using metal piping, 55 gallon drums, a propane tank, uh, a 50 caliber ammo box and a 12 volt fan. Um, you might be in that, uh, $300 in, in materials 
So you're at yeah. six, seven hundred bucks, right? To build this thing. You have your generator, you have a gas fire. Seven hundred bucks. I guess you could go. What's an EcoFlow run? The what's your what's a what's an EcoFlow run? Um, the one you minimum like four hundred bucks to the one I have. I think was two grand altogether. Yeah. Like so, I think it was fifteen hundred for for just the battery backup. And you don't even have the do you don't have the solar attachment to it or do you? The solar panels. I have the I have the solar panels. Yeah. So I think altogether I paid two grand or twenty five hundred, but. You can get a small, cheap little one for a starting price is like three or four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's what I got. So, like I got the uh, I got the River Pros the here. Rivers. Um, I got the River Pros here. Is this thing even on? Okay, yeah. So I got the River Pros here. I got two How River many do you Pros. Have? You have three? Well, two River Pros, in, and then that's the expandable battery. That middle one. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So that's that. So it'll double the capacity of it, and then the solar panels are are ah. the solar panels are behind me. But I think I think I paid for two of these. The battery and the solar panels, I think I was in up to, I mean, these are four, 400 bucks, four, eight, 11. I think I'm 1500 bucks deep into this. So. Yeah. And these things only, and I think. It's the, not like you the, get to buy it all at once. No, 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 no. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't need to buy it all at once. Um, but as an alternative, if you're handy and you like to build for mm-hmm. half the cost of all of this, you can get a, like a real generator that's going to. 3000 watts these things will peak at uh, 600 watts i think is peak load and then uh, they're yeah. meant to peak at 600 but they their ample is like three or 400 watts they like to see max but they can peak at 600 but if you got a 3000 watt generator and you're in a disaster scenario power goes out whatever i mean well you generators are going up 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 though like they are i was looking at yeah i was looking at generators recently the cheapest i was finding was 600 bucks yeah. So is that a dual fuel um, though? Because that's the other suggestion I would have. Dual fuel. I would dual get. Fu- yeah. Dual I w- fuel. If I were to do that, I would get dual fuel because with the the dual fuel, it's typically propane and gas. But with a gasifier, yeah. you could just hook right into the propane intake, and you don't have to fart with like messing around with your, you know, draining all the gas and all that stuff out of it. You just hook right into the propane, flip a switch. The only question I have is oh, what kind of electronics are in those, or is it all just mechanical? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think that uh, one's just mechanical. From what I've seen, they've been just mechanical because you have to actually turn a knob to say, yeah. okay, I'm using this I'm using fuel propane. source instead now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a minimum 600 bucks now. Most of them are ranging about $1,000 because the, the generator that I have in my garage um, – it's nice. It's a Husqvarna, whatever it, it does, everything I need it to do and more. Yeah. But it's only gas. There's no propane. But I bought it before they had, or at least before it was advertised, uh, being the, the dual fuel. The dual fuel. So I've been thinking about like trading it in or selling it on like Facebook Marketplace or something like that to get the money to put towards a uh, dual fuel. But... I'm sure know. you could, and I'm sure you can probably get. I mean, if they're going up in price, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you won't lose. You won't lose. Uh, you won't lose anything off it. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah. In any case, cool. All right. Well, I'm checking. Let's go. Okay. P- perfect. Good. 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 All right. Well, that pretty much covers all, all the. Yeah, this is kind of a short topic. This, this one. I just think it's a cool. I just think it's a. It'd be a cool project. Um, it'd be a cool project to do. 
uh, many of applications, many of things, you know, you can use it for, um, it will increase your skills. If you are learning how to weld, there's not a ton of welding on this. You don't have to be from what I've seen the builds. You don't have to be a precise welder. You just have to get pipes to stick together to, you know, things. It's, so it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't seem like you need to be, have your welding skills need to be a 10, uh, but it's a cool technology. It's a cool, like, I'm just, I'm starting to get, as I get older, I just, I'm starting to really look back at some of the older technologies and learning mm -hmm. about them and even learning like with steam engines, like we still use steam engines today in our most advanced power plants. Um, yeah, it's just cool. It's, 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 it's a unique and cool thing to, to, to learn. Well, about. and all the, the hand tools that were used, you're, you're generating the same purpose, right? We had hand tools back then that used to, for a mixer today, we, um, you've got like a little KitchenAid, you plug it in and you're able to mix up your items before it was just uh, you hold it in place and you, you turn the, the wheel to mix the beaters. Um, so I think a lot of that hand pump hand action was more work, but it was still accomplishing a task much faster than, um, than doing it by hand or doing it manually. Yeah. So I, I understand the thought process where people were like, oh, we're just going to automate this as much as possible and get it to a point where you don't even have to think about it. You could just tell your device, hey, turn on my oven to blank or turn on my mixer to blank and it'll just do it for you. But we moved away from the mindset of, okay, if I don't have the basic component that it needs, which is power, yeah, is it even useful to me anymore? Whereas back then, that thought process was, was part of your everyday because that's your, yeah, that was your everyday thing. You didn't have it, so I don't know. And it's very hard. It was nice seeing all the. It's oh, very yeah. hard, even even for me, and you know, and my prepping mindset and all that stuff. It's even hard for me to even think like that sometimes. To think, I just find uh, it funny. Or go ahead, yeah, keep going. To think like my everyday tasks that I take for granted, right? If for some reason those things were interrupted, like I get up and make coffee, right? Mm -hmm. Every day, I, I don't make it, my wife makes it for me. She gets up before me because she has to get up for work early. I wake up, there's a, there's a pot of coffee hot ready to go. I have a stockpile of coffee, so. Ground the, or beans? It's beans. Okay. So, so do you have but, a hand grinder? It, that's where I was going with that is oh, okay. gotcha. in a, if we lose power or if an EMP goes off or solar flare or whatever, I have coffee beans. I don't have a means to grind it and mm -hmm. I don't have power for the coffee maker. So it's like, I don't have a French press or anything like that. I don't think about that stuff. It's like the day-to-day -day stuff that you take for granted. It's it's hard to even fathom and think through all of that. Like, what if I didn't have this? Or what if this coffee maker goes out? Well, typically, somebody would go buy a new one. But what if I didn't have power mm -hmm. to power that coffee maker? Okay. And that's the level of thought that we all need to kind of, even today, even if you're not a prepper, you kind of got to start thinking analytically like that about your your stuff. And even if you believe or don't believe that a solar flare is going to hit Earth, you know, you know, you can think whatever you want to think. But just look at, and you don't even have to take it from the aspect of coffee. You can think like your everyday life. 
Uh, typically, when you go to the store, you go to Starbucks, you go wherever, you're paying with your card, you're paying with your watch. Very few people are carrying cash now. Um, what happens if the ATM machines don't work? Do you have cash? on? It's like all, that, all the simple stuff like that. And I'm not even saying keep a wad of cash for preparedness. I'm just saying on the, for your day to day, you get up in the morning, audit what you do during the day, audit the things that you, that are almost mindless for you. And then scenario out, well, what if X didn't work? Or what if I couldn't do this every day? How would I accomplish the same thing? And when you start thinking like that, and even now today, even I'm still struggle with that from time to time, thinking on that level, uh, if you, if you can really get in the habit of thinking that way, it could really help you, um, prepare for stuff when stuff happens. Cause it's life, right? Stuff happens in life. Um, we, we, we just never know. Like a guy that I work with today, like his wife just got in a car accident. Wasn't bad. She got rear ended. No big deal, but he didn't plan for that. We just, there are things that happen in our lives that we don't plan for. Um, it's a proven fact. So all this preparedness is, um, is thinking through some of those scenarios that can happen and going, okay, okay. I, I understand I can get into a car accident one day, major, minor, whatever. Maybe I will, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll keep some spare cash around. So if my car's in the shop, I can rent a car. The insurance doesn't cover it or, you know, it, it could be whatever. But I mean, that's all the preparedness is. So we're just not a bunch of crazy people that think the world is going to end. We're planning for it just in case. Um, but we're just normal guys that just think differently than a lot of other people. But I think it's important even now in what's going on financially, geopolitically and all that. I think more and more people are starting to think this way and people just need guidance and help. Your mic died. No, you're muted. Man, talking the whole time. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely an awakening for sure, and I think it's uh, more along the lines of people not wanting their lives to be affected if something does happen. So, you make your coffee every morning. I take my shower. Like shower is my go-to thing every morning. I, if I don't take a shower, I'm crabby throughout the day. I'm whatever. So I've had those moments where I've just sat back and. People have their own moments in the morning on, you know, how do you get prepared for the day? How do you clear your mind? How do you do whatever? Some people work out. Some people do yoga. Some people journal, read the Bible, whatever the case may be. Um, I sat down and just started thinking about all the things. And so, like, I found a shower thing where I can put my water in here. And it actually has, like, a temperature thing where it tells you where you stick this outside uh, in the sunlight where it starts to get hot and now I can have a hot shower. Yeah. It's as basic as that. I mean, I, all you do is fill water in the bag and it's got a little, uh, shower head shower nozzle head. with a, a knob. So just thinking of basic scenarios like that. And I had this laying in here cause I was trying to come up with some more topics. Uh, but, but even with that, though, anyways, cause they, even if you, like I look at the solar showers, I don't have one. Uh, I should probably get one just in case my well pump doesn't work or whatever. Um, yeah. But even with like, have you seen solar ovens? Yep. Where they take yep. like Fresnel lenses and stuff. And, and I've thought about it, but I, I just don't, 
I don't see the point at this time for a solar oven. It is very basic, and you could, um, but if you get a, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? Dutch oven kind of style. You can hang it for a, put it next to a campfire or on top of a campfire if you have one with a handle. Yeah. Um, you could do the exact same thing with that. You know, you bake your bread. You could bake bread next to some hot coals. Yeah. Um, so, but the solar oven is pretty nice. I mean, you add your meats, your veggies, your cheeses, your whatever, and just set it up. Let like the sun do the work. <laughs> you know, whatever. You don't have to mess it with is pretty fire cool. or anything. You just, you just set it up. No, it's a, it's a. But you were talking about coffee too. I mean, I, I thought about that when I was buying all my wheat berries as like, uh, I want to be able to keep making bread if the time comes. Um, yeah. Well, that's going to suck. How do I grind that up if I don't have power? Because today we have a KitchenAid mixer and yeah. I've got the attachment for that KitchenAid, but I got to power the KitchenAid and that takes quite a bit of power. Yeah, those so. things take, those things are monsters uh, on power. They suck up power, yeah. They suck up power. But I've been wanting to get this manual grinder wheel that... They're expensive. You know, it's, they're so expensive. It's like $800 minimum for a manual. To buy a, yeah, I'm gonna like there's no there's no motor or anything in it. It's like it's they're crazy expensive. Um, but side note, though, I sent I sent my wife that that uh, article you posted about the rice shortage. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, go pick up some more rice. We have a crap ton of it. Uh, don't get me wrong. We have like 300 pounds of rice in mylar bags right now. But I'm like. Go pick up a couple more bags just in case. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, there's a race shortage, but just like all the other shortages, I don't think it's going to be this massive global, like, oh my gosh, we've run out of rice. But yeah, I want to say the, the one I've been looking at was um, Country Living Grain Mill. But yeah, it's 679 bucks for just a turning meal grinder. You bolt it down to your countertop and now you're grinding stuff. And grind it so, down. I have a coffee grinder that I've had picked out on Amazon for a long time. And that's if you want to go all the way from like a pour over down to like espresso. Um, but to your point about coffee, I mean, you have to get a, uh, like if you're going to do a French press or a pour over or a um, percolator, that's percolator. what I've got. Yeah, percolator. Highly, rec- highly recommend the percolator. That you can put on top of a campfire and you're good to go. Still can use it. Nice. So. I haven't. I've never used a percolator. I've used a French press once in my life. It's a skill set uh, that I. Get. With how much I love coffee, you figured it. And, and I'm a prepper, and I love coffee. You'd think I would have acquired the skill set to to French press my own coffee, but I haven't. I'm yeah. horrible. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I mean, and with every one that you get, there's always something like replacement pieces. So you want to buy all those pieces ahead of time. Um. I mean, I could show my screen, but it's like if you're going to go down the percolator route, um, you can get the old school blue, you know, kettle percolators. But some people don't even know what a percolator is besides some dance on TikTok or something like that. Uh, I mean, that's essentially what a coffee maker is. Yeah. So you you basically have it's a chamber and then you've got um, down at the bottom. It's like a, a little dome with a straw coming out the top of it. So as it boils um, the steam, 
will push it up the shaft or push it up the straw basically up to the clear piece up on the top which then pours over the top of uh, the container holding your coffee so it's like a metal container with holes up on top for the lid so the water drips over the top of the coffee grinds and then goes down into where the water is being stored down below and then comes right back up again through the straw and so it's just this circulative motion of coffee um, but you just watch the top clear piece and when that water color turns from a clear to you know a brown color then you know okay it's ready to go it's done but i've had our percolator for i don't know six months eight months now and i'm still like learning the best ways of using it like how to how quickly if i do it quick what's it taste like if i do it slow what does it taste like um but and then i'm getting into like cider making now so when we were at the henry ford whatever i'm getting into okay if alcohol is not available anymore or hard to come by because we've gotten all these machines to start making all this stuff today yeah um and i plan on doing my own orchard at some point in time i want to be able to make make it lucrative you know i think jefferson's quote was like the worst thing we did was start eating fruit whole instead of drinking it or something like that <laughs> or started eating fruit instead of drinking it instead of drinking uh, that it. was the worst yeah that was the worst point in history i thought he <laughs> said the worst like thing that. we can so. do is create a central bank maybe that wasn't Jefferson. Uh, that's probably what it was that's probably what it was <laughs> but a cider was actually uh the lart um the most well-known drink in the 1800s that's a hard so. it says hard cider so yeah alcoholic so you could do non-alcoholic, yeah, but this is fermenting and making hard ciders. Uh, I need that book. Yeah. So that's that what I have on my way to my, well, I haven't bought it yet, but I'm getting more into um, juices, ciders, meads Yeah. over beer and whiskey and coffee. <sighs> So. $679 for a piece of yeah. metal. Yeah. Isn't that sad? That is sad. But, but you know, like everything really else, well, like everything else, people, you, you said it before, there's this awakening that's sort of happening with people going, oh, our world is kind of messed up right now. And maybe I should have a little bit more of an, you know, an insurance policy when it comes to like food and water and all this stuff. Um, maybe I should look at some of these preparedness, crazy people and, you know, shop where they shop, which is creating a, de a higher demand, which oh, even man. in the prepping community, we see our stuff that we typically would buy that no one else would buy a few years ago. We see that now. Mm -hmm. going up and up in price uh, because the demand or I just not climbing or just not being available like i can't get it anywhere um canning jars and canning lids for the last few years has been just diminishing and diminishing but i mean it comes down to like the factories being able to make them as well um not having enough staff i can't tell you how many places oh we're, we're short staff here we're short staff here um I mean, I just went to an eye appointment the other day. It took two and a half hours for an eye for appointment. Something that should take, yes, this ticked off. It should only take twenty minutes for you to look at my eyes. 
I, w- I got in there five minutes. I was into a, into a room to do the first check. And then I went and set out another area for 45 minutes. And they, okay, we'll come back to this next room. Do the next check. Okay, go back out there and sit and wait for the doctor. Another 45 minutes later, I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh, that, so, would, that, would, that would fire me but, as well. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the basics of things are now taking longer and longer because there's just nobody to do it. And it's not the fact that there isn't anybody to do it. The population isn't, like, diminishing by the millions Yeah. on a daily basis right now. It's just people are not working or being lazy or not wanting to do the jobs that nobody wants to do, uh, which is creating a really big problem. And I think it's going to catch up to people soon enough. The ones that are like, oh, well, government handouts are great. We'll just keep doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, you keep keep banking on that. Wait about wait a couple months here. We'll see. We'll see what you're saying in a few months uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to the comes to the government uh, doing handouts because they haven't done. Uh, I don't want to go down the rabbit trail, but with the way the no, economy is slowing down and all that stuff, it doesn't even sound like they're um, talking about any type of relief packaging or anything like that for people that are losing their jobs nope. and all that kind of other stuff. So I don't think the government's nope. going to save us this time because they can't. They're 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 out of money. Like we're coming up on a debt ceiling vote that, and we go through this every time there's a vote on the debt ceiling. We're like, oh well, they're going to shut down the government. But Hershey, uh, Heresy Financial did did something a video about the debt ceiling and why this time might be different. Um, and it was a real eye opener. It was a good video. You should go check it out. Um, and then he just did another one on the fed too. And like who really runs the federal reserve and who, who are these, who are these guys and how secretive that meeting was when the fed was formed. Oh, it was another good one. So a couple good videos. He's, he's released lately. So um, good stuff. Well, with that said, we are, we made it. I think yeah. we made it. We, we made it to time. So <laughs> we have no problem filling it. It's just filling it with a specific topic is the difficult piece for us. So, yeah, I mean, um, things are, your life's crazy right now. You know, your work is crazy. Yeah. You're into like 1700 different community projects. Uh, my life is nuts hey, right now, now too. Now it's just baseball every day of the week, Monday through Friday. We had Lions you know, anywhere the between day. six. You got D and D. Yeah, but I'm got... saying, yeah, I do. But I'm saying now it's it's baseball season for the next month until July. Uh, oh, yeah. So both boys are in baseball, and I coach. So it's pretty much every single day, Monday through Friday, that I'll be at the baseball diamonds until like eight o'clock at night. Oh, so you're saying that uh, the people get JT solo for a couple weeks here? Maybe. Uh, I'll let you know ahead of time, but I, I've got it right now where I, I should hit every single podcast unless like something major comes up. But yeah, cool. All I right. will keep you up to date on that. All right. Very cool. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if Again, if you enjoyed this wood gasifier talk, if it was intriguing, if we inspired you in any way, please let us know in the comments. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel. we got other content out there. We just start putting out some of the sh- some some more shorter con- shorter form content videos too. Uh, and then again, we like this to be engaging. So let us know if there's any topics you guys want to discuss, you want to go over, you have questions, comments about preparedness, or if you just want to tell us that we're two crazy dudes and um, you know we have no idea. Go ahead. I, we don't care. We have thick skin. So with that said, um, have a great weekend, everybody. Cameron, have a good weekend. Uh, and we'll do this again 
on Tuesday, guys. So thanks for sticking Sounds with us. Good. And uh, thanks, everybody. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Preppin' Patriots podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at contact at preppinpatriots.stream. And finally, this episode was sponsored by...